We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, the man with the highest camera in podcasting, it is Chris <laughs> Biederman. And before, I don't know why I pronounced podcasting like that. I think I was going to say in the podcast game, but then I switched it to podcasting. And so I said podcasting like I would say podcast game. And that's how it came right. out. Doesn't matter. You know what does matter? The homies over at Lamb Chops. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. SGLambChops.com is the website. At SGLambChops is where you can find them on Instagram. They've always got new photos and reels of all the newest styles and stuff they got coming out. They got a bunch of sales they put up on there. It's a, it's a really great follow on IG. So highly recommend doing that. And highly recommend heading to SGLambChops.com right now and using promo code Candlestick20 and getting 20% off your order. It's hoodie season, bros and gals. Go get a hoodie. Go get some sweatpants. Maybe you want to gear up for summer already. Maybe you're one of a forward thinker. Get some shorts then. Or maybe you're a, I'm a lounge around the house in shorts during the winter kind of person. Get some shorts for the winter too. The quality is great. Super comfortable. Uh, zippered pockets on all the shorts. You and pants. love a zippered pocket. I'm just all in on zippered pockets. Nobody man. loves a you zippered know, pocket more than you. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a wallet in the front pocket kind of guy, mm. and um, not to, I, I probably shouldn't put that out there in case anyone sees me because they know exactly where to, <laughs> where yeah. to ruin my day. But uh, I get, <laughs> but the zippered pockets add that little bit of uh, security assurance. Um, but I guess I should just say if if anyone tries to come at my zippered pockets, it's not going to go well for them. So. Um, no, shout out to Lamb Chops. Super, the, the, we love the clothes. Wearing, wearing some pants right now around the house. Great for lounging, great for going out. And uh, you know what the most important thing about, uh, about Lamb Chops, Kyle? It looks dope. It looks dope. The most important thing. Candlestick Chronicles. Uh, no, I'm sorry. SGLambchops.com, <laughs> promo code Candlestick20. <laughs> to get 20% off your order today. Jesus, criminy. <laughs> Never done a fucking read before. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Shout out to our friends at Cooperage, the creators of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. Chris is wearing a Cooperage hoodie right now if you're watching on YouTube. It looks awesome. And go to cooperagebrewing.com right now. You can order a case of beer. They ship it right to your front door. You order it on a Monday. You get it by Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when you place your order. And then you go out, you sign for it, and you have a case of beer sitting on your front doorstep. It is the best way to acquire beer, and I highly recommend everybody does it right now. You know, we're recording this Thursday evening, um, and we're streaming live on on uh, our YouTube channel and Twitter, actually. We, we've linked up our Twitter account, so we'll be streaming on there. So check out the Candlecron uh, Twitter account if you haven't yet. But um, as we're recording this, if you want to have cooperage beer at your thanksgiving get-together you should probably order it now uh, to give yourself enough time to ship it uh before your thanksgiving get-together it's a great point. um and if you want to be an awesome guest bring some like super quality uh craft beer um they have a bunch of different kinds they have wheat ales they have pilsners they have pale ales they have hazy pale ales they have california ipas they have hazy ipas um, and I'll put it up against anything. And obviously Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA uh, is is awesome. And if you have 49ers fans in your life, they would surely love to drink it. Um, just given how awesome the cans are. You can see the cans over here in my right shoulder um, or over my right shoulder, I should say. And uh, 
Yeah, shout out to Cooperage and go to the brewery in, in uh, Santa Rosa if you're local. It's a great place to hang out. Love Cooperage. All right, let's talk about 49ers Bucks. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. When the 49ers play a team that's just boring. The Bucks might be the least interesting team in football. Yeah, I had the uh, the absolute pleasure of watching Bucks uh, Titans. Another before. wholly uninteresting team, by the way. Another wholly uninteresting team. But at least Will Levis, like you, you know, they have a young quarterback and and you, you can sort of watch his development. There isn't really such a scenario with the Bucks and Baker Mayfield. Um Baker Mayfield is very much sort of a known quantity. Uh, maybe he can play out of his mind from time to time. He's also capable of having a stinker. Um, he's been on multiple teams at this point, and it it is just a wholly uninteresting team. And I don't really know what they're particularly good at. I don't know what makes them um, what makes them unique, aside from maybe Todd Bowles and just his willingness to blitz. Um, Vita Vea is a really good player. Tristan Wirf's a good player. Um, you know, Devin White can blitz uh, on the inside occasionally, but there isn't, you know, Mike Evans is kind of a roller coaster. He, he, he'll make a big play here and there, and he'll also have some frustrating drops. Um, in that game against Tennessee on Sunday, it was very much like a big play offense. Like the both of their touchdowns came on big plays, or at least I think the second one might have been as a result of a long Mike, Mike Evans touchdown, but or mm-hmm. Mike Evans play leading to a touchdown. Point being, if you limit Tampa Bay or, or you prevent them from making big plays offensively and getting the ball to Mike Evans deep downfield. Um, and if you take away their screen game, which the 49ers admittedly haven't been very good at so far this year, <laughs> I just don't think Tampa is the type of team that's going to be able to put together like a 12 play touchdown drive on you. Um, yeah. particularly with how good the 49ers defense is. And, and on the other side, um, you know, you, you look at the numbers and Tampa Bay's run defense seems pretty stout, um, but then you go through game by game and it just doesn't they, they play a lot of teams that just aren't good at running the football or they uh, the game script in those games has sort of prevented those teams from 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 running the ball all that well. Right. Like against mm-hmm. Minnesota, Minnesota, notorious in the league for not being able to run the ball. Their opener, they had 41 rushing yards. The Bears, who the who Tampa beat 27-17, uh, they, they had the lead for, obviously, the large portion of that game. Bears only had 67 rushing yards. The one team that, uh, and this was week three, the one team that uh, the Bucks played who can run the ball is the Eagles, and the Eagles had 201 rushing yards. Yeah, only because so, of the touch push, though. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the, the point here is that, like, I just don't really that, that there's no there's no like evidence to look at that would say the Niners should not just handle business this week. Like the Niners are are far better on both sides of the ball. I would expect them to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. I have a feeling this game could look a lot like the game last year when Tom Brady was a quarterback. And, and oddly enough, it was Brock Purdy's first career start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are probably some similarities, similar time of the season. Um, and just the Tampa Bay's personnel hasn't changed all that much. And obviously still the same head coach, just a different quarterback, but I don't know. I don't know if the 49ers would ever really fear Baker Mayfield on their home field. Um, yeah. so that's a long winded way of saying the 49ers should absolutely handle business. And if they don't, I would guess a lot of weird stuff has to happen for, for it to go haywire for them. So the Bucks have, you mentioned Mike Evans, who, I think if you're the 49ers, regardless of the drop situations, <laughs> the Bucks have 10 drops as a team, and Mike Evans has half of them. And it's not like he gets a disproportionate amount of targets either. Chris, He leads the team with 67, but Chris Godwin, 64. K. Dot in the tight end, 41. Trey Palmer, another wide receiver, gets 30. Rashad White, uh, running back, is 37. So it, it, <laughs> the opportunities are there. Uh, but Mike Evans is still scary. 
and Chris Godwin out of the slot, given what the 49ers have dealt with at that position this year. I imagine it'll be D'Amador Lenore uh, again this week, but I, I still think if you're the 49ers, it's not like, oh, you can just throw your helmets on the field on defense and they're going to go get stops. Like Mike Evans, despite the drops, will still beat you for a long touchdown. And Chris Godwin is still as good as there is in the league out of the slot. So I do think that there are some areas of concern. Rashad White is having a good year as a receiver and can beat you on a screen, which you mentioned. Those three things, given how the 49ers have looked at, at various times this year, given how they looked against like Kirk Cousins. And I don't think Baker Mayfield is as good as Kirk Cousins, but if they find something on that Minnesota tape that they think they can go exploit, then it wouldn't shock me if if the Bucks find a little bit of success offensively. It's because I do think there's there's enough talent between Evans, Godwin, and and White to give the 49ers some problems. Yeah, for sure. And and I think like there would be an element of like the 49ers just coming out really flat to for them not to play well, right? And it and, would be nuts if they came out flat, right? It's their first. It's their first home game since Cincinnati, right? That that was like really a bad performance by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if we've seen anything from this team over the last few years that I think they could hang their head on, it's that like when their backs are against the wall, particularly late in the season, they do play pretty well, right? Like mm-hmm. it it does feel like they turn it on. Um, in November and December, I know you have the the monthly record stats since Kyle Shanahan came on, and they're pretty telling to that point. Mm-hmm. That like the Niners, when their backs are against the wall, are just a much better team. They play with urgency. They don't really have games where they come out flat in November and December. Like when they've lost games during those months in recent seasons, it just feels like it's more because like Jimmy Garoppolo threw a couple bad turnovers, like couple bad mm-hmm. interceptions or yeah. um it, there, it never uh, there's no game that comes to mind maybe with the exception of like 2019 after they had that hellacious stretch where they played the Packers the Saints and the Ravens or the no it went Packers Ravens Saints and then they came back and lost to the Falcons mm-hmm. that was like game. that was a weird game but they also like they didn't have Richard Sherman they didn't have K1 Williams right like they were just sort of banged up and some weird stuff happened it also and took George like Kittle- fumbled the ball away on the game ceiling first down right right that that happened and then it took a last literally a last second play where julio jones scored with like an inch yeah. to get over the goal line was it was that was a weird wild. game but otherwise like it doesn't really feel like the niners have come out flat um in a november december game like just come out flat they've lost games for sure but they haven't yeah. like just no showed in a way that they kind of have more so in like September and October um, during their stretch when, when they've been contenders. So that's what I think it would take for them to lose is just one of those where they just like come out super flat and no show. Yeah. All all of that said, and what I talked about with, with the bucks receiving core and Rashad white. And I think Baker Mayfield is probably better than he's gotten credit for, but not as good as the number one overall pick. So he's kind of in that, in that weird place where he'll be like underrated, but also not great. But then you go on on the defensive side and it's Shaq Barrett and it's Vita Vea and it's Antoine Winfield Jr. And all of a sudden there's, like I said, there's all these things where you go, oh man, these guys could give the 49ers problems. All of that said, if the 49ers are as locked in as they were against the Jags, they're going to dog walk the Bucs. <laughs> yeah, I would if, agree. If they're as locked in as they were against the Jags, they're going to win by 38 points. That's that's just, they they're that much better top to bottom. And yeah. the Bucks have a couple of guys who give you an issue, like for sure. But I think the 49ers have the personnel to ensure that Antoine Winfield is not wrecking a game. Do they have anyone, like any elite players that are in their prime that you really feel great about? I guess outside Antoine Winfield and Tristan Wirfs. Maybe Vita Vea? Vita Vea for sure. Vita Vita is a dude. Yeah, he's, he's I don't think he's a guy, big. but he's definitely a dude. He's going to walk Jake Brendel back into the quarterback a couple times. Oh, least. for sure. Yeah, Vita Vea, def- interior defensive lineman, leads the team with five sacks. And he lines up outside. Like, he had a – he had a, uh, I think it was a sack. It was a sack or either a pressure that led to an incompletion. Um, 
where he just like walked the the Titans left tackle back into the quarterback. Like he lines Six, up as defensive end. 6'4", 347 and lining up a defensive end. What a dick. <laughs> He's legitimately like you talk about all all time like freak athletes in the league right now. Yeah. Like him and Trent Williams are way up there for me. Like Vita yeah, Vea, sure. he's enormous, but just the way he moves for a dude his size, it's like completely bananas. Like it doesn't make sense. I'm confirming with Nick Wagner uh, as he gets his as he gets his annual mention here on the pod. Uh, <laughs> his once with, yearly mention. <laughs> his once his once yearly per pod mention. Once per <laughs> his his once per pod mention whether Vita Vea is a guy or a dude. Mm. Because dude, yeah. Because dude comes before guy. Yep. Okay. So we don't have guy, to be quiet. It's better until to be a response. It's better to be a guy than a dude. Yeah, for sure. You're a dude who could be a guy. Okay. In my head, I thought it was the other way around. Like, if it's better to be a dude than a guy. Yeah, I. Better than I don't, Okay. Or are we are we just confusing ourselves? I just bo- I'm just botching this bit entirely. It's fine. Okay, don't worry about it. All right, uh, sorry question... for making it confusing. No, it's fine. Uh, sh- oh, we're international today. Andrew Ardil, Ardil. Sorry if I mispronounced that, bro. Uh, but in the YouTube chat says hello from Sydney. Glad to catch the stream. Shout out to you. Glad that you're on the stream and contributing. Any word on changes to starters? No. Colton McKivitz is dealing with ankle and knee injuries. He got rolled up on a little bit against the Jags, he has been limited the first two days of practice, but there's no indication that he's not going to go. And I think that's it, right? So it'd be Matt Pryor. Oh, and, and yeah, it'd be, it's, it'd probably be Matt Pryor if he can't go. And then Aaron Banks is still out. So it'll be John Feliciano again at, at left guard. Do you think it'll be Lenore in the slide and Thomas outside again? It has to be right. I think that's just going to be hot hand. I don't know if there's going to be a ton of rhyme or reason to it other than, okay, he's playing well. Like, if you're going to get that... Amber Thomas is really goddamn good the other day. If you're going to get that performance from him, you have to... You have to... You have to ride with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I just... like, Like, do they look at Chris Godwin or... I don't know how much Mike Evans lines up in the slot, but do they look at those guys and say... Maybe we feel better about a bigger slot player. I don't know. We'll see. I think you, I think you ride it until you need to change something. That's fair. That's at least that's that's kind of where I land. But again, it, like you said, maybe they they decide, because I thought Evan Ingram was going to be that guy, and it would be Isaiah Oliver, and he wasn't. So fair. That's yeah. fair. So I don't think I don't think we see any. I have a I have a I'm going to try and do this here. I have a friend, not to brag, who <laughs> who works for a prominent football uh, pu- publication outlet, I guess outlet. Uh-huh. And, he, and he hits me up and he goes, hey, <laughs> what's the deal with Isaiah Oliver? We were going to put him in our top 10 slot corners list. And then as I was doing research, I saw your article that he got benched. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happened. <laughs> so he didn't make the list. He didn't make the top 10. Yeah, he's he's a roller coaster. He's yeah. like the dude that will make a couple really good plays a game and then also be the dude who gets burned for a 40-yard touchdown. Yeah. Like he's he's not... It's I think like he's a better linebacker feast. than corner. <laughs> feast, yeah, I mean, it's feast or famine with him. He's like yeah. definitely a better player against the run and not someone you really love against coverage. Whereas like somebody... Like if you if you have to cover like a j- more jitterbug type slot receiver, uh, then it's probably Lenore. But I don't know Lenore's that's, Lenore's an interesting player. That's the weird thing with slot corners, though, is you're not going to be like a lockdown slot corner. No, it's those just, don't really exist. Right, it's so hard to defend in that amount of space. But yeah. are you not giving up yak, and are you avoiding getting torched on a slot fade? And are you not a liability against the run? Like you have yeah, to, right? You have to be able to throw your hat around a little bit. Yeah, that's what K1 Williams was already was always really good at. So yeah, I I, I think they'll probably go with Lenore again. Sure, that's my take. Sure, um, I just don't 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I wonder if like, it sounds like, you know, what we saw on Sunday in Jacksonville from the Niners secondary included a lot of disguising coverages, right. And varying mm-hmm. their looks. Like, I wonder if that's just going to be who they are now. Like if it that's going to be their formula. Yeah, I agree. I don't think in the modern NFL, I don't think the Legion of Boom Seahawks is going to work ever again. Unless you have prime Richard Sherman and prime, um, help me Earl out, Thomas. Earl Thomas. Thank you. Taylor Mays was the only name that could come to mind. And it's like the opposite of that <laughs> is what I was looking for. Prime yeah, Earl, Taylor Mays. Earl Thomas and and Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and Malcolm like that that Malcolm uh, Michael Bennett that that entire team was sick. So Bruce Irvin, anyways. Yeah. So that's that that was a sick team. So unless you're that talented, the I I don't think the just line up and play defense is going to work that much anymore. Like that's what Robert Sala tried to do, and it didn't work until they got more multiple. And D'Amico Ryan's changed stuff all the time in how the Niners were, were, were scheming up offenses. Offenses are just too good and too sophisticated now. If you do the yeah. same thing over and over and over again, offensive coaches are going to figure it out. It's pretty wild. Do you remember like the Earl Thomas, Taylor Mays draft? Cause they, they were out in the same year and Pete Carroll needed a safety and he had coached Taylor Mays. I think mm-hmm. he recruited him too at yeah. SC and he passed on him to take Earl Thomas. And a lot of people like raised their eyebrows like, wow, like, you know, Taylor Mays is like this physical freak, uh, like lit up the combine, crazy spider graph, whatever. Pete Carroll passed on him like, wow, that's really telling. And then Earl Thomas is like a Hall of Fame caliber player. <laughs> 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 and Taylor Mays like was awful and lasted one season with the night remember remember when his unofficial 40 time came out and it was like a three six it wasn't a three six but it was it was comically low yeah and then his official time it was like oh okay it's still really fast but it wasn't a he i I swear to god his his first 40 time was like a 406 just something ludicrous yeah he was he was like he exemplified why the combine can be super overrated yeah his spider graph is nuts, though. Yeah. Crazy. I can't believe a Taylor May spider graph exists and you're still a spider graph guy. That's baffling to me. I mean, let's assess it. Let's let's, let's hold on. What let's, let's peel this onion. Let's break down what spider graph guy means. Okay. When the 49ers get a new player, you Google new player name mock draftable, and then you look I, at their spider graph. Yeah. And I you mean, base I, your entire evaluation of said player (laughs) (laughs) entire evaluation yeah that's Um, that's, that's the extent of your research i've pulled up taylor may's spider graph it's not Um, it's just a block of color yeah he's just 99 not really working super well on on this monitor setup i have here i'm trying to make it smaller let me see if i can uh this is i can present this hold on hold on Taylor Mays made one play. I don't know how we got... This is how interesting the Bucks are, is we're talking about Taylor Mays. So now that we've said all this stuff, the Bucks are going to win by like 10. But the one play that stands out of, from Taylor Mays was the blocked punt recovery for a touchdown in Atlanta in 2010, I think. I think it was Halloween or the day after Halloween 2010. Yeah. I remember because I watched that game super... I don't remember, but Halloween. I'm just nodding. Yeah. And I think it was... I think that was... I can't remember Michael jo- Michael Johnson something like that. It was his first game as the offensive coordinator after Mike Singletary fired Jimmy Ray. And they brought in this oh, like, spread yeah. specialist and they mowed down the field on their first drive and scored a touchdown and it was like holy crap, here they are. Like watch out. And then they got the blocked punt touchdown and that might have made it 14 nothing and then they ended up losing. And I think it was Nate Clements had the interception and Roddy White stripped him from behind at the end of the game. Sure. I don't remember this game nearly as well as you do. Okay. Um, but I do oh, – we have Taylor May's spider graph up uh, on the on the stream. This is ridiculous. Um, the comparisons are hilarious because he's he's being compared to so many good football players. So maybe that, that proves that spider graphs are really helpful. 
um, the comparisons, Eric Reed, Eric Berry, Derwin James, uh, someone called Tyson Anderson. Jeremy Chin uh, can play. Yeah, Kyle Duggar can play. Um, and then Nor Ryan Legend. But, Go up, um, scroll up, scroll up there. Hit athlete for me. <laughs> Instead of just safety, I want to see what. Oh my god! <laughs> Khalil Mack, Anthony Richardson. These are Taylor Mays' just athlete comps, athleticism comps in general. Khalil Mack, Anthony Richardson, Eric Reed, John Baldwin, workout legend, Jonathan Mingo, wide receivers. Ryan, Ryan Shazier. Shazier. That's interesting. God. Ohio Only State. one other safety. So it goes outside linebacker, freakish quarterback, safety, tight end, receiver, receiver. Oh, John Baldwin, 49ers legend. Yeah. Um, Keith AJ McGill, Jenkins a corner shirt. from Utah. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, Cedric Tillman, and Ryan Shazier. Anyway, enough Taylor Mays talk. I think we've, <laughs> I think we've hit the quota. <laughs> Checks in the um, mail. Yeah. So anyway, um, but I, I think the the key point for this game for me with the 49ers is far more macro than just like what what does it look like on Sunday? Um, because I have a hard time envisioning them losing um, because I do think they're going to play with a sense of urgency given that they already have three losses and given that the, the one seed is so important to them, right? Which we've <clears throat> outlined in previous spots. But just like, what is it going to look like ahead of Thursday's game against the Seahawks? Because I do think that's a pretty substantial factor in this game. And and you obviously do not want to fall into the trap of looking ahead because that obviously is what makes a trap game. But like that game's really important. That Seahawks game might be the most important game you play this season. And it's four days uh, after Sunday. And like, I would assume that the 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 way Sunday goes, Kyle Shanahan's going to be like, we need to hit halftime up by 14 points. Mm-hmm. And then we need to extend the lead in the third quarter so we can try pulling the starters. Like that that kind of has to be the goal, right? And but one thing I wonder is like can that be dangerous if you're like going into a game like planning to blow them out and like we really just need to be up so we can we can give our our starters a breather for the fourth quarter like is like or just is that even going to be a thought is it just going to look like a normal game and then the 49ers are going to go into uh Thursday's game like any other team would that played a full game on Sunday for a, a few days earlier right yeah i this is that's tough yeah i don't I don't advocate overlooking opponents, but I also think if you do get that chance and you can go up 28 points midway through the third quarter, I don't think they're necessarily going to pull starters, but I think if you can take your foot off the gas a little bit and maybe pull Christian McCaffrey and go with Elijah Mitchell and maybe pull, not pull George Kittle, but um, give him less dirty work to do um maybe it's not a lot of Debo Samuel handoffs and stuff like that I I I think that opportunity is there but I think if that's your plan going in it's like okay what we're gonna do is we're gonna get up big and then everybody's gonna chill I don't think that's conducive to winning yeah probably not but I just like wonder how how the game how that game being on Thursday is going to impact Sunday's game because it has to be on Kyle Shanahan's mind oh for sure like that's a huge game it's a big I think it's the biggest game on their schedule right now yeah but yeah we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I think Nick Bosa and, and Baker Mayfield are friends, apparently. Oh, they're cool now. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, apparently Nick Bosa sort of downplayed the, the beef quote unquote beef from 2019 when mm-hmm. he did the whole flag waving thing and Baker. <laughs> apparently where'd they hang out? Uh, I remember. Oh yeah. It's like some was award it... show or something. Am I making that up? I'm making that up. I had this and then it's completely left my brain. Nick Bosa and Dang. Baker Mayfield. Let's, Somebody in the chat, Hind, Hind, Hindi, Hindi. And this person uh, said the Bucks have more talent than the Jags. Hmm. Do I buy that? Or do the Bucks have more recognizable players than the Jags? I think Bucks players have a better resume, better resumes, right? But like, I would take Calvin Ridley right now over Mike Evans. Yeah, for sure. And are you As taking an Christian Kirk over Chris Godwin? Yeah, at this point in their careers, right? Like, you're not I'm taking probably, the I resume. I think I'm probably taking Godwin over Kirk, but I don't know if it's like yeah. I, it might be like 55-45 kind of thing. Yeah. Josh Allen, the edge rusher, is better than Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, better than Baker Mayfield? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I think I've exhausted the Jags I can name off the top of my head. Travis Etienne better than Rashad White? TV yes. Team? Yes. I do think Rashad White's not a terrible player, though. No, he's good. I think he's I, I legitimately think that he can affect the game as a receiver. They cannot run block. Um, they're like one of the worst run blocking teams in the league, but I do think Rashad White's a good player. Yes. I buy that. Waste management open. That's why I thought it was. Oh, uh, um, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I wondered why somebody jumped in the chat and just said golf. <laughs> like, what about it? Just looking, just looking at my clubs. He's trying to make me sad. <laughs> just a pure mention of golf. Hey, man, anytime golf like comes golf, up, like, damn it. Anytime golf comes up, just think about that shot at uh, what was it, thirteen, thirteen at Harding Park? Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> just hold out from one seventy. Uh, I peaked still, that day still, still the most wild thing I've ever seen on the golf course. That was funny. <clears throat> um, I have, I don't think I have anything more to say about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate that they're, they're not super interesting. Um, I think the 49ers are going to steamroll them. I think so too. I think all they really have to do is take away Mike Evans, big plays and Rashad white screens. And I think they're probably fine. Like, I don't really envision a scenario where Chris Godwin is like single-handedly murdering one of the best teams in the league on its home field. And right. Also, like the, the Bucks beat the Titans. That was their first win. They, they were on a four game losing streak. I also think that Brock Purdy can't throw interceptions in the middle of the field and forward field or Levante David. Two really savvy defensive players who can bait an interception as best as good as anybody. Yeah, I, thought, I think. That, go ahead. I just I, I thought I thought that Purdy did a better job of not just blindly uncorking throws in the middle of the field, which is where <laughs> he gets in trouble sometimes. And not even just this year with the interceptions in those couple of games. He had one against the Bucks last year where uh, Joe Tryon Shoyinka intercepted a pass, but it was there's an defensive pass interference or illegal contact or something on it. There was one against the Seahawks the following week where he threw it to the middle of the field and Quandre Diggs just dropped it. So I, I think that those two players can bait those in can, can bait those throws. So that's something he's going to have to watch out for. Yeah. Like the, the play, the point about big plays 
relating to like Mike Evans and Rashad White defensively, I think applies to the other side of the ball as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's there's a scenario where Todd Bowles dials up some like sick blitzes and like it, it's like a strip sack fumble, uh, you know, hit Purdy gets hit as he throws leads to a pick like those are big plays for the Bucks Ooh. defense. And that's how they would have to they would have to win the game like Todd Bowles as a defensive play caller and designer might be one of the best in the league at like designing blitzes. Like he's really good at like layering blitzes, right? Like Mm -hmm. you remember his time when he was Cardinals DC and the 49ers struggled, he would dial up these blitzes where it was like, okay, they'd send a linebacker and the linebacker would occupy a blocker. And then like another linebacker or a safety would come in after Mm -hmm. that to attack the quarterback after all the the pass rushing defenders had already been accounted for. And it worked a lot, mm-hmm. but the issue is those are like long developing blitzes, right. right? Like if you're, if Kyle Shanahan does a good job at designing plays that get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly. Right. Uh, so those blitzes don't work nearly as well against an offense like that, but there is that possibility where, you know, the 49ers getting third and long and Brock Purdy has to do a five or seven step drop there's an opportunity to, you know, send some extra guys and maybe create some havoc that way. So who do you think has a bigger advantage between Brock Purdy and Todd Bowles, given that this is the second time they've matched up against each other? Probably Brock Purdy. Yeah. Because last year going in to his first start in week was at 14 against the Bucks. I was like, man, he was really good against the Dolphins, but now he has to go against, Todd Bowles, like this is he this is gonna suck for him. And he lit him up. So is this one of those things like he's seen it already? Or is it Todd Bowles has tape on him now? I don't know like if Purdy really has tendencies that like you can really just exploit. Right. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I think not... if I think if I think if the plan at this point is to just blitz the heck out of Brock Purdy, I don't think that's going to be super effective. No, I don't think so either. And I think the Niners have too many good players to, to counteract that. I agree. You blitz everyone up the middle, and then you can just dial up a bubble screen to Debo Samuel. He makes one guy miss, and he's got three blockers, and he's walking right. in the end zone from anywhere right. on the field. Right. Yeah, that was a big thing in that Giants game. Remember, they blitzed thirty-three or thirty-nine dropbacks or whatever, but. There was no Brandon Ayuk. And Juwan right. Jennings isn't a quick separation guy. Yeah. So, anyways. Should we go? Picks? Yeah, I was read my mind, man. Yeah, it's like we've done 600 of these together. <laughs> That's nuts, bro. That's we've so, done many, so pods. many podcasts. God, how are you not sick of me? Oh, you might be. Don't answer that. All right. <laughs> I'm not. All right. I, I would. Anyway, yeah, you're probably you're probably more sick of my just rambling and re- repeating myself. I think. Mm, disagree. Okay, so <laughs> I'll do mine first. Okay. My first one. I I went multi-sport by the way because I didn't do so so. Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy sports, is the largest DFS platform in North America. So the way they've done this for the NBA season is they have combo projections. And what you do in prize picks is you pick two or between two and six statistical projections and you build out an entry that way. And they now have combo projections. So I've been building like football and basketball entries, but now they've taken it a step further. So instead of, and and you'll see, I have a basketball player in my entry for, for this today. And we'll, we'll discuss that shortly. But they have a league, they have a specials league, and that's a league created specifically for combo projections. But is it it isn't like LeBron James and Brock Purdy, and those are two separate things. They have an example here. It's LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a ten and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. So if you pick more than ten and a half on that number and LeBron hits six threes that'd be bananas and then travis kelsey has five receptions for a total of 11 you would get that portion of your entry correct so it's super fun i'm not doing that today but i am doing something uh, in that in that vein and what prize picks is doing now if you want to play alongside some of your, you, their favorite players 
like rapper Meek Mill, obviously. Uh, Who comedian wouldn't? Andrew Schultz. There's now a community plays uh, section under the promos tab of the app. And that's where you can view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize pick community each week. Uh, really, really cool stuff that prize picks is doing. And it's my, my favorite part of this NFL NBA crossover portion of the calendar. The best time on the sports calendar. If you ask me, okay, Brandon, Ayuk. I have him at more than 66 and a half receiving yards. And this season, Brandon, Ayuk. I'm just going to do more and less here. So he's gone more than that number in week one, less in week two, more in week three, less in week four, more in week five, less in week six, more in week seven. This isn't right because there's a bye week in there and he missed it, but you get it. He alternates weeks and he went less than last week. I think he's going to go more than this week. So more than 66 and a half receiving yards for Brandon Ayuk. Christian McCaffrey, I think he's due for a touchdown, Chris. He's had a touchdown in 17 of 18 games. Yeah, he didn't have one last week. He's in a dry spell. I think he gets one this week. I have Christian McCaffrey more than half a rushing <laughs> touchdown. And I think there's going to be a concerted effort to make sure he gets in the end zone. Is it That's only a... rushing touchdown or total touchdowns? Rushing touchdown. Rushing okay. touchdown. I was so you might, to Kyle be, Shanahan. you might be screwed by a passing touchdown here. That would suck. That would really suck, but it'd be fine. So <laughs> it'd not be the worst way I lost a DFS uh, lineup. So uh, I was listening to Kyle Shanahan today on a radio station in the Bay Area that will remain unnamed, and it's Canbiar. <laughs> it's just it's Canbiar. He's on every with Tolbert and Copes every, every Thursday. Um, sure. It's not a secret. So uh, he was saying that Kyle Juszczyk was the one that reminded him about Christian McCaffrey's streak. Mm. On the drive that's ahead of the drive that Kyle Juszczyk scored the touchdown on. That where makes he sense. caught it at like the one and then fell into the end zone. <laughs> so I, I think they're going to make a concerted effort to get Christian McCaffrey a, a, a touchdown this week. And I think it's going to come on the ground. I have Brock Purdy at less than 29 and a half pass attempts because mm-hmm. the only time he's gotten more than that number this year was against the Giants on a short week in week three. And then in the losses to Minnesota and Cincinnati, I don't expect the 49ers to be playing from behind in this one. I think that your point about the Thursday night game coming up is a great one. I think they're going to try and get ahead and pack it in early. And I think he goes less than 29 and a half pass attempts. And then my last one, because you have, you, you can't only have one team. You have to have a, a player from another team in your entry. I picked Golden State Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins tonight. We're recording this Thursday, Thursday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. His points, rebounds, assist total is 21. And he's he's awful to start this year. I don't think he's going to get to that number. I think he goes less than that. I think he goes like 11 points, three rebounds, two assists. I think that's an easy, easy dub for me. And I look forward to that starting another winning entry for your boy. Um, I'm going to pull up a Sacramento Kings prize picks thing here to <clears throat> because I do only have 49ers in my in my picks because um, mm. the Kings play on Friday. So any Kings fans who want to get in on that, uh, I'm just going to take De'Aaron Fox over whatever the point total is um, <laughs> or more than, more than whatever the whatever the point total is. Let me see. OK, I'm taking too long on this. Uh, so to start. I have Chase Young. I'm going more than 0.25 sacks. So all Chase Young needs is half a sack to to hit on this one. Um, I think that's pretty easy. I'm going uh, Christian McCaffrey more than 104.5 total yards. Um, I just think like like you you said after last week, last week's game where he didn't score. I just think he's going to be a super prominent um, focal point of the offense uh, as I speak in redundancies here. Um, I just think that like it's going to be a game. It's going to be a Christian McCaffrey game, um, and I yep. I think he's gonna he's gonna be a guy who benefits a lot from the Bucks blitzing as as often as Todd Bowles typically has. Uh, and I'm going Fred Warner more than eight tackles. Um, he's had fewer than eight tackles just three times this year. So um, I think that's that's pretty easy money. Um, prize picks for whatever reason is not may oh maybe because this is tonight. Uh, okay. I'm going to go, since I can't go Sacramento Kings, I'm going to go with, um, 
Lou Dort uh, more than 11 and a half points for the Thunder against the Warriors. Great I'm pick. a big Lou Dort guy. Of course. Um, seen him play in person a, a couple times. Um, and the guy is built like if Dre Greenlaw were an NBA player. <laughs> um, he like that's Lou Dort. It's a great comp. Like, seriously. Like he's he's a insanely strong person for a guard. Um, so yeah. This is a great question in our YouTube chat from from uh Joe Ma- Ma- how Joe you Joe Monty. Joe Monty. Thank you. Joe Joe Monty Jones. Shout out to um, <laughs> he, he, uh, if you know Joe, calling him Joe Monty Jones is even funnier. Good. I do okay. know Joe. Uh former Terrific. former teammate of mine, um Santa Rosa or Redwood Empire, Connie Mack baseball oh. Deal. oh it's that joe Monty. yeah that joe Monty. wow celeb in the house this catcher closer yeah. so um, on the could, could run into could run into a fastball now and then and, and park one on Shout the guy sounds like me so <laughs> it doesn't at all so he asked if travis kelsey kicks a field goal what happens then on the lebron james travis kelsey three-point mm. field goal makes plus receptions i don't necessarily think that that counts but if you make that selection and you want to and you want to make that argument to to prize picks, I would I, I would support you for sure. Well, rumors rumors are swirling around the uh, the World Wide Web that Taylor Swift is going to be in attendance for the Chiefs um, Eagles game. So it would it would appear that Kelsey is going to be in position to put up some numbers. She has so. an opportunity to do the funniest thing ever and go decked out in Eagles gear. Why would that be funny? Because I believe she's an Eagles fan. Oh, she is, yeah. But I don't think she would. I'd be so funny though. It she's would like, I'll be, support but... my man's, but not when it comes to my team. It's like trolling. Go birds! She's not really a troll, I don't think. Like I, I, I be, that, it would dude, be funny if she did something like that. But she's kind of the opposite of a troll. Can you imagine how many movie ticket sales she would lose if she did that? <laughs> it's a really elaborate bit they're pulling. I know they're, they're <laughs> she she really needed to uh up her up her Q rating by dating an NFL player. Yeah. Dating but, a dating a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, no less. Yeah. The Chiefs social media it's really the Chiefs social media team who's masterminding this. They're like, we could get more followers if we got Taylor Swift to date Travis Kelsey. What so a that's gift. Really... <laughs> I, what a gift for the Chiefs social media team, by the way. Yeah. Just I mean, social media teams everywhere, just all sorts of of, it's a layup uh, line. Pop, pop cultural appreciation or appropriation, I should say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, me neither. Um, gonna be a fun one. I'm gonna have to watch this one from uh, from Dallas proper. Uh, hopefully, I <clears throat> hopefully I can figure out how to get it um, remotely. Maybe I have to dive into some some alternate means of uh of of watching here but be in dallas for kings mavericks and then uh you're laughing read read the comment apparently apparently this is from andrew in sydney before the kelsey news broke there was an amazing conspiracy theory about how taylor swift is going to dump him in the halftime show of the super bowl in order to help the eagles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That'd be a great bit. Damn. Wouldn't put it past a Philly fan either. Would not put it past him. <laughs> I mean that with with respect. I mean that with immense, immense respect that they will do anything to help their team get a dub. And she's just gaslighting him. So the Eagles going to hoist that second Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, you think Taylor Swift's the type that's like throwing snowballs at, <laughs> at opposing hurt. fans? DeAndre's her brother, actually. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> okay, I just got that. Um, Andrew asks in the chat, where can I find Candlestick Chronicles Hazy in Sacramento? I don't know if Cooperage distributes in Sacramento. I don't think they but, do. But you can go to uh, cooperagebrewing.com and order. Uh, and they will ship anywhere within California. And obviously, you must be 21 or older to uh, to order. But um, yeah, check out Cooperage Brewing. You can get a case uh, of... A mixed, you can get an entire case of, of Candlestick Chronicles, or you can get like two, four packs of that, and you know, mix and match your four packs. And there are six four packs in a case, I believe. Yep, 24. Yeah, yeah, good math. 
And shout out to uh, our friend Samus Fondiari from the Lightyear's Pod, the Golden State Warriors uh, Blue Wire podcast. Uh, they do such an incredible job. Sponsored by the Curry brand, it turns out. That's sick as hell. Anyways. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Steph Curry, ever heard of him? Uh, uh, apparently, Tamil Pie in Mill Valley has coconut... Uh, coconut, Jesus, Kyle. Has Candlestick Chronicles on the menu, but they're presently sold out. So if you want to go see Ooh. it just on tap, pull up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get it. Yeah. But it's there. Okay. Well, I have nothing else to say. I think the 49ers are going to win 31 to 13. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. If we're going to throw out a score, I'll say, I think that's, I, I'm going to go 42, <laughs> 42, 17. Jesus. A late, a late garbage time touchdown for the Bucks. I think it's going to be blowout city. Wow. All right. Very good. Um, appreciate everybody hanging out in the YouTube chat. Appreciate everybody listening who subscribes wherever they get their podcasts. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, please do that. YouTube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast, or just search Candlestick Chronicles. We pop up right there. Subscribe, uh, smash the like button on the video. That's a little thumbs up. You don't even have to subscribe to do that. You just have to be signed into YouTube. So but you should please, subscribe. You should. You should most definitely subscribe. Shout out to whoever is like all thumbs up, but I'm not subscribing to this shit. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not giving that person a shout out. I, I no, I respect the I respect the audacity to be honest. <laughs> like if you're just gonna be that overtly rude, like I got nothing for you, like thumbs up. <laughs> but uh, also subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And uh, shout out to the homie name. And that's how we're gonna end. Today. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.